The comments, ideas, and opinions of the ESP podcast and ESP Tipcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the show's sponsors. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support us, please write a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your portal of choice. And please consider making a donation at www.espanswers.com. Just click on the donate button. Production of the podcast is not cheap nor easy, and we really appreciate any support that you can provide. Thanks. after races cannot be rushed here it is gang the final tip cast of the year to help you plan for greater success in 2017 actually this topic was partly inspired by listener wayne bradley who wanted to know whether the large amount of muscle damage that we see after a marathon precluded high intensity training within that time frame uh, and the short answer is yes, uh, but the best answer, as always, is a bit more complicated. So here's what the research shows us happens after running a marathon or a half marathon or an ultra marathon. Um, and I'd really say an Olympic distance or longer triathlon, anything with a large running component where there's going to be a lot of damage to the muscle. So. The first thing that we see is that the muscle tissue and many of its components show a significant amount of damage. A really nice paper by Warhol et al. from 1995 illustrates that muscle fibers and all the machinery included, like the mitochondria, are essentially blasted, okay? Enzymes like creatine kinase are also uh, significantly increased on par with individuals who have just suffered a heart attack. Now, quick note here, uh, the marathon creatine kinase or CK levels are from skeletal muscle, not heart muscle. So we're not talking about heart damage per se. Uh, But bottom line is that everything that that you kind of need in that muscle to make a good muscle contraction is damaged. Uh, In that same paper, they also demonstrated that the damaged structures took at least two weeks to return to normal or close to normal. And some areas didn't show full recovery for up to a month. All right. Now, fast forward to a 2007 paper by Peterson et al. And they looked at just performance parameters before and up to five days after a marathon in elite Dutch runners. Their findings showed that several metabolic parameters were negatively affected. For example, energy expenditure at the marathon pace was significantly higher right after the race, but then suppressed up to five days later. Uh, A number of other endurance markers were also suppressed. Uh, More interesting, however, were the findings that maximal voluntary strength remained significantly depressed at two days following the race, while electrically evoked contractions Uh, where they actually shock the muscle externally, rebounded after just a day. Now, on the surface, say like, well, you know, 
what, what does that really mean? Uh, what it indicates to us is that the fatigue after a marathon is more likely due to central nervous fatigue related factors rather than local muscle fatigue. Okay. Another way to look at this is that all that muscle damage that I talked about at the beginning may not actually be limiting the muscle's force output. It may actually be more of a central nervous drive that is limited. Now, other data showed that a counter movement jump also dropped significantly and re was reduced five days after the race, despite recovery and force output. Now, this one's interesting because if we look at the causes, uh, we, we, we already know that force output has rebounded. And what the authors found is that the eccentric contraction time, that, that, that part of the contraction where you're dropping down into the squat and then having to rebound very quickly, that eccentric portion, that drop down, that time increases significantly. So it would appear that the, the elastic rebound effect is reduced and thus that actually reduces force output. And then finally, to add to that last point, I, I am familiar with data that has not been pu published yet. And that actually supports the notion that muscle stiffness is neurological and trainable, not ne necessarily stiff tissue. Now, if you have, uh, you, know, you know, say a muscle or a tendon that is more stiff than somebody else's, it will store more elastic energy. But we also are seeing that uh, the neurological input into that muscle actually increases stiffness. And the implication here is that, again, that central nervous system is at play in the fatigue and the reduced performance. And that allows us to, to, to really start to parse together some good post-race uh, advice for recovery. So here are my tips for training and racing. Number one, Individuals should expect overall performance to be reduced at least five to seven days, making one week kind of your window between races. And that's really going to make it feasible for you to race, I, I'd say, fairly well. But back-to-back -back races are definitely going to be compromised depending on the severity of the first race. Additionally, you shouldn't expect to accomplish any meaningful training in that one-week time frame. Two, it appears that indicators for muscle damage are present long after performance has rebounded, but most of that damage is repaired in about two weeks. This means that quality or high-intensity training after a race probably shouldn't play, take place for at least a week and probably more like that two weeks. Uh, and then full resumption of normal training might not take place for nearly a month. Number three, Minimize training that would induce more muscle damage. In other words, more running. So post-race recovery is a great time to do other activities. Uh, for triathletes, this means that swimming and cycling can be resumed very quickly, uh, and that would mitigate any fitness losses. For non-cyclists, or, or sorry, non-triathletes, that might actually mean some cross training that again doesn't involve a lot of that eccentric loading and more muscle damage. Four, the extensive recovery time also indicates that too much racing can and does hurt fitness. This is one aspect of running and triathlon that differs immensely from sports like cycling and swimming. Now, as a former cyclist, I know firsthand how racing multiple days or multiple weeks in a row 
can be a huge boon to fitness while racing too many triathlons generally results in a steady decline in my fitness level. And I generally see this over the season if I don't plan my training accordingly. So if your big goals are late in the season, be sure to plan for plenty of time between races to allow not only for recovery, but for quality training. And number five, one should expect that the severity of the race will shorten or lengthen the recovery time. So if that race is harder or easier, you're going to need to plan that accordingly uh, for your training. So to answer Wayne's original question, I would say that in general, two weeks is probably a good benchmark for return to high intensity training, possibly longer for some individuals. I, however, don't see any real advantage of shortening that window, particularly if your major goals lie later in the season. Hey, that is it for TipCast 99 and for 2016. However, it's not too late to support this podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to stop over at www.espanswers.com to donate. Anyone donating $20 or more enters to win a free bag of Scratch Labs drink mix. Also, don't forget to write your review on iTunes. And remember, we will be back with more full-length podcasts in 2017. Until next year, remember, folks, if you're not thinking ahead, you're falling behind. Later. Yeah.